have to ask, did anybody, I saw don't. blue and black. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I saw white and I gold. Wanna, it's going to get heated. I don't want to talk about it. I saw it. white and gold. I saw white and gold. I feel like this is going to be the new Halloween costume thing next year. Like, everybody's going to freaking wear it, oh, and you're going to sure. have, like, That and, and uh, Dancing Sharks. Llama. I had to shut and up Casey's llama. mic. Okay, I wanted to see a meme of Left Shark and the llamas, and I haven't seen one yet. It's some shark llama. Leonard matter. Left, <laughs> left, left llama. People would just set their fucking white balance. This wouldn't even be a thing. It's not even a thing. Come on. Don't indulge in the bullshit. Mean God hey, damn it. people need funny shit to get them through their days sometimes. <laughs> Dude, just, it was tearing people apart. Just, like families. Set their white balance. Civil yeah. war. Did it's you guys annoying. see the the Tony Stark? You okay. You guys right there, buddy? We don't really need to. I think they got everything on this one. That was a good. Mm. That was good. Yeah, I heard that. Okay. Right. That is, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, that, that is that twenty fluid ounces of Red Bull. The Geek Speak Podcast Network proudly presents Scene and Nerd. Viewer discretion is advised. Please make a note of it. Movies, TV, Blu-rays. Well, if you're somehow consuming it on a screen with your eyes, then you'll hear it on Scene and Nerd. Here are the hosts of Scene and Nerd, Pacing Pete and Matt. With a little help from Casey Franco. Bazinga! We just love dancing to that. I, yeah. dancing to that music. We've heard it so many times now. We have hand motions for every single thing that the intro. <laughs> really says. do. I'm dancing. It's we, great. We can't oh, see, wait to show that. you guys when we get a that. when we get a camera we'll get in here. Oh, we'll get face cam. It's gonna be awesome. So, oh, uh, oh, oh what? so we have our friend back. Yes. Okay. So oh yeah. Matt's back. Yeah. He's been gone for the last. couple I'm gonna keep episodes. my hand on you for the rest of the. I've been um. I've I've been a zombie, but it's great. Working in the airport now. I got some super cold from someone from Virgin America or something. <laughs> Picked it up from another terminal. But I'm great. I feel great. 100% better. Well, we're glad We're glad you're back, Matt. Yep. We're glad awesome. You're back. Uh, is, uh, is zombie transmittable over airwaves? Like, can, <laughs> am I going to catch the zombie? No, I'm because sorry. I'm coughing it into the inside of my, my arm. Oh, okay, like how oh, it says so in the hospitals. Yeah, so it's fine. As long as I don't cough into the mic. Yeah, so only, only the inside of your arm will go rigor mortis. No. <laughs> It's, good. Just wanted to clarify the science behind that. Yeah. Okay, we're yeah. good. It's, it well, checks out. You've <clears throat> tested positive for his <laughs> After that opening, uh, after that opening, uh, welcome to Scene and Nerd. Uh, I'm your host, Pacing Pete. Alongside me always is back, Mr. Uh, I'm Salzy. I'm back. We're back. I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> uh, Mr. Casey Franco. Hey, hey, howdy. Hey. And uh, uh, we have a couple guests on. Actually, let's see here. I'm, I don't know why. I just completely went blank right now. Amy? What I wanted to say. No, 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 no. I know. I didn't forget and our name. Names, names, names are like right there. I'm pointing at the computer screen. There's a button for my name. <laughs> there is a button. Amy? And, a mute button. And Lauren, so, so uh, <laughs> back with us as always, we have Amy Marie, um, who just wrapped up the uh, Agent Carter podcast. And alongside her as another guest, we have uh, Miss Lauren Galloway. Thank you for joining us today, Lauren. Whoop. Thanks for having me, guys. I, I was on my way to the studio when I was listening to your guys' podcast, so I didn't get to finish it, so I'm excited to listen to the rest of it um, as I enjoy uh, the podcast. Podcast? Yeah, yeah I, I, I love the podcast, so it's 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 sad that it's all coming to it. It's all ended now. And, and I know. I, 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 was, I was almost crying as we recorded our last episode because I was so sad. Yeah, just so many emotions, and, and we're going to get into all that. Many feels. Many hmm. feels. We're going to get into all that in just a bit. Um, but... 
no redactions this week for Matt. Uh, I just, I actually, I wanted to react, redact something or oh, correct really? something, if, I, something, if I may. Uh, and that was when I introduced Rose last week. I didn't say from moviepilot.com. I just oh. kind of introduced everyone. So. It's just Rose. It's, she's the, the Rose, the Rose more we all know and love. Yes, yes. Right. Yeah. But I just wanted to correct that because I, I messed up big right. time. Add that in there. Yeah, all right. I just want to add that in there. So we found the title of the show. <laughs> Pete fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. All right. So uh, really quickly, moving on to uh, new movies this week. So first up, we got Focus. Uh, that's at 54%. On I'm sorry. I, w- I wasn't listening. What'd you, what, what was Focus. the Focus. Focus, Casey. Oh, Focus. okay. Right. Wait, let me put my glasses on. What did you say, Pete? I don't know how that would have helped. but uh, So that's with Will Smith. And um, I don't know if you guys can correct me if I say Actually, her name wrong. It's Mark. It is it Margot? It's Margot last Ro- name. Roby? I, Something I, like I that. Know. Lauren, Amy, do you guys happen you to know the pronunciation? I think it's Margot Robbie. Robbie, yeah, Robbie. Okay. All right, thank Robbie. you, Lauren. Um, and so I, I, I don't really don't have any plans to see it, but I do find it interesting that they're both in the movie, and they're and that's going to be Harley Quinn and Deadshot in the Suicide yeah, Squad. Yeah, in the so, Suicide Squad. Yeah, so I'm inter- I'm kind of interested to see how that chemistry is going to work because obviously they're going to be working together in, in Suicide Squad. Squad. So so that's going to be cool. Um, the other one is the Lazarus Effect. That's it. Twenty percent of the tomato Man. meter, which which it to me looks like just like a flatliners for the generation. I don't know <laughs> if that's what they're going for, but I want to like this movie because I like everyone in this movie, but it looks so bad. <laughs> All right, uh, Amy, uh, Lauren, uh, yeah, what do you guys think? Any interest in seeing this movie? I will not be seeing this movie. Um, one because it kind of like twists stuff that happens in the Bible, which I have oh. a problem with because I'm a Christian, and so it's like the trailer totally creeped me out. It was like quoting yeah. scripture, and then it was like dead zombie people. I was like, oh, wow. um, no, I'm not really gonna go see that movie. <laughs> but it looks the effects probably look cool. Olivia Wilde is posting all these selfies with like the like the zombie makeup, and she looks yeah. really cool. Like the 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 black. Um... Yeah. Uh, contacts. Yeah. It's just yeah. creepy doing that. But everyone's in this movie. Quicksilver. What's his name from the league? Yeah. You got Pete from the league. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got Donald Glover, Childish Gambino. If you're uh, in the hip hop scene, uh. <laughs> it's got everyone in this movie. I want to like it, but I just, it looks so bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, 20% of the tomato meter doesn't sound promising. What about you, Amy? Any interest in, in, any interest in this movie at all? Uh, no. Given that, <laughs> on, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I'm, I, uh, no. I'm super into television, movies, not so much. Like the movie has to grab me, but a Blu-ray, whatever. See that? There we go. That's how much this movie interests me. I have no idea what we're talking about. (laughs) That was was a great reaction. That was good. I think that's the title of this one. Uh, No. No. (laughs) Um, All right. So that's what's coming out in theaters this week. Uh, On Blu-ray, different story. So we got a couple of good ones out. Uh, Big Hero 6. It's actually sitting in my house right now. I need to go watch it. So happy. Can I come on? Can I come over and watch that? Sure. Dude, it's awesome. Can I come it's over happening. And watch it? It's going to happen now. What's that? What's that? Oh, I said, can I come over and watch that? Sure. You know what? Just it. make it a scene and nerd party. Party oh, pizza. It. It's official. <laughs> we got it. Uh, let's see here. We got everything so, you need. Whiplash, Children which uh, to watch it. took uh, J.K. Simmons one for um, yeah, yeah, Best Supporting yeah. Actor. Uh, I he, still watched that movie. He had won like, almost all the Supporting Actor awards in the season, so it was pretty much like... Um, it wasn't a given, but like he was like the front runner for the award. Was that his first Oscar? I believe so. Man, yeah. like, cause he's been in like so many good things, great performances. So it's nice to see him and, uh, finally snatch one up. Lauren, you got a chance to watch it, right? 
I watched it last night and it completely blew me away. I mean, everyone had been talking about it. So like, it's hard when you watch a movie that has so much hype because you aren't sure if it's going to live up to the hype, but whiplash was, it was incredible. I honestly like JK Simmons did a fantastic job and his, his Oscar was super well-deserved, but miles teller freaking owned in that movie and i hope he won something at some award show because <laughs> i have never seen anyone work so hard in a film in my life wow i really want to see it now i, I, I want to see it lauren just made me want to watch it that much more so that's really cool um so yeah whoop we'll is out and then running it out uh horrible bosses too so I like the first movie. I didn't do anything about the second one. I don't know much okay. about the second one. The first one was kind of entertaining, but that's about it for me. Um, so, okay, so that's it. What's uh, in theaters and on Blu-ray. So check it out. Uh, next up, we're doing a little thing, uh, things a little different today, uh, and Casey's going to tell you about it right now. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and not do the entertainment whatever today because whatever does not really describe – how we should feel, I guess. Yeah. There's no real inter big entertainment news anyway, but uh, we had Leonard Nimoy pass away this morning. This yeah. is coming out of almost every single news source, every kind of comic, I anyone even remotely involved with comic book or mm -hmm. sci-fi. Entertainment in general. Or entertainment yeah. in general, actually. And you, you can see the scope of the impact that this one man had and this one character portrayal had on on the whole acting sphere or, or even society itself. Mm -hmm. And I, I had a tweet earlier that said like, like there's, there's no real way to kill a character like that. Despite Leonard Nimoy being gone, he still lives on to a great extent in the character because yeah. it's reached mm -hmm. this immortal level in our society. Like, like Sherlock or like Captain Arab or something like that. Mm -hmm. He'll, he'll live on forever because of what he taught us and how he taught us to examine ourselves. Yeah, there are there are you know so many so only so many TV icons we have out there that live on live beyond what they were and and Leonard Nimoy as Spock will forever be an icon you know not just for sci-fi just in general pop culture I mean such a such a, an awesome character and I, I'm a huge Trekkie fan so um, it was tough hearing that news um, uh, and it's it's just sad uh, Amy why don't you tell us. Uh, how uh, you're remembering Mr. Nimoy. Man, this was, um, Lauren and I kind of have the same thought on this, that he lived such an incredible life. He, he touched so many people. Um, I tweeted earlier today that he was going to be very deeply missed by everybody he worked with, but also by the generations that he touched. And he really, he really did. He's touched a whole sphere of people from from when he was doing uh, Star Trek to when he was on Fringe to when he was on the new Star Trek, his little bits of Twitter wisdom, his just general love for life, is gonna make what really what really you know make make it what people really miss about him is that he loved life so much and that he was so joyous, and he really is one of those characters and one of those actors who's gonna stick around in memory forever. No one's going to forget Mr. Spock. No one is going to forget, you know, just the the bits of humanity that come out in a character that's supposed to be so, you know, closed in emotionally. It was those little times when you could tell how human he was that made you fall in love with his character. And so I'm, I'm just really going to miss him. Um, I know a lot of people are Zachary Quinto who is Spock in the new Star Trek movies. 
tweeted earlier today and his tweet broke my heart he he was like i love you so much my friend i will really miss you you will be missed and i'm sitting there going um but you know joking aside i i very much i'm gonna miss uh leonard nimoy lauren um yeah i it's hard it's hard to imagine that like that there's only so many remaining members left of the original Star Trek series mm-hmm. alive. Yeah. Um, and if I have this correct, we have William Shatner, Nichelle Nichols, and George Takei. And like, it's just, it's just hard. It's hard when you lose an icon, whether they're a movie icon, a television icon, a music icon. Um, I mean, like, it warms my heart that he passed away at home with his family and that he, you know, lived to a long age. He was 83. So, you know, it's not like when a young person dies, like when talent is snuffed out too early. I mean, like, it's great to look at his life as a legacy. And I love that he got to be in the new Star Trek film. I love that his character got to kind of bridge those two films together and, um, like he really did take Zachary Quinto under his wing. I remember when Zachary was doing the glass menagerie and Leonard Nimoy would go to a lot of those performances and he really kind of adopted him. And I love seeing that. I love seeing actors who continue to raise up the next generation. And I think Leonard Nimoy really did that well. Yeah. It's... Oh, Lauren, <laughs> seriously, now you're making me cry all over. That was really, that was so much better than anything I could have ever said. That was incredible. Oh my gosh. Do you, do you care to follow that up, Matt? Man, that's, that's going to be hard to follow up, but uh, I just wanted to throw in that I like, you're, you're going to like never meet someone like how Amy mentioned that just touched like so many different generations of people, you know, like for, for how long, you know, everyone, he, he's an icon um, around the world. And uh, he represents people like us that are, you know, that love, you know, entertainment, that love things that uh, speak to us on, on, a, on a higher level than just, you know, what's out there in space. You know, it's, it's the human side of, of something that, he, you know, uh, re- he represents a character where he's, you know, half human. And they say that it was his downfall. That's why he was never a true, um, you know, Vulcan. And then, and then, but that's what makes him the most special character, I think, um, throughout all the iterations of, uh, of Star Trek is, is just his ability to just um, empathize, sympathize with everybody. And, and as, as a person, he'll, he'll be missed because he did that in real life as well. And he conveyed all those different um, wisdom, you know, on, onto everybody from, you know, five to, you know, 50 and, and then more. It's um, I was completely shocked this morning. I, I was trying to catch up on all the shows for today and, I had to really stop and pause the DVR because I, I had to just really just read on the his impact on 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 Twitter and news and everything and just the everyone you know I don't mean to steal what you might say but I mean a comedian put it in perspective that everyone's talking about llamas and dresses and and then Le- Le- Leonard Nimoy dies and just everyone just stops talking about what just doesn't matter and just yeah. really celebrates his life and I think that's kind of a testament to what kind of a person he is that he's just gonna be missed un- universally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Man, uh, Casey, did you want to? I I guess I'll just I'll just say that like just how it takes a very intelligent person to play a very stupid person. It takes a very emotionally intelligent person to play someone who is very logical and yeah and, and unassuming and, and and things like that. So 
So, I mean, let's not forget he was also like a poet and a singer and, and just a genuinely nice guy. And I think it says a lot about the society. Uh, it says a lot about a society uh, based on, on what people they hold and uh, hold up and admire and things like that. He was definitely admired by millions, and I think there was definitely a reason for that. And uh, he will be missed. And to, to not get cliche, but, but live long and prosper. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's uh, he'll, he'll, he'll definitely uh, will be missed and... and his character will definitely keep him living on beyond what, like I said, uh, what the character was, what he was. Um, real quickly, I just want to ask everybody what uh, if they have a favorite Spock moment, a favorite um, a movie. May, we might overlap here because yeah. there are de definitely some real special um, emotional moments. Um, very in particular with like you know him and Kirk, um, and in other way, and another with the other characters. Um, I, I'll just start with you, Lauren. What what would you say is maybe, if you can pinpoint one, is is your favorite moment of of Spock in any Star Trek iteration? I would have to say when Leonard Nimoy was guest starring on the Next Generation in the two part Unification episodes, because I I grew up on Next Gen. I didn't grow up on TOS, and so I grew up with Data and Picard, and. But I knew of the original series Legacy. I knew who Captain Kirk was. I knew who Spock was. And so I remember when when Nimoy was on Next Gen. And it was this powerful storyline about, about unifying Vulcan and Romulus. And um, Spock got to be a part of the negotiations. And there was a whole bunch of, like, underground, behind-the-scenes stuff that they were trying to do um, to get... Romulus and Vulcan uh, to like come together as planets. Um, I would have to say that that's probably my favorite Leonard Nimoy memory. Just watching him act with Patrick Stewart and seeing him on that show was amazing. Uh, Amy? I really, I didn't watch a whole lot of the original series, I'll be honest. Um, I actually really enjoyed seeing him in Star Trek 2009. I I totally fangirled in the theaters because I I had known that he was going to be on it, but I, didn't, I I his entrance was so perfect and of course they made it such a big deal, and I totally I squealed like I actually squealed in the theaters when he <laughs> returned, and I loved that whole interaction between him and Chris Pine's Kirk, because you could see how much of you saw so much of Spock in that moment when he is mind melding with Kirk and he's sharing his emotions and you see so much of his character in that moment. And I just loved that. And there's actually probably my favorite moment is actually a, it's a blooper from Star Trek 2009 when, when Leonard Nimoy, uh, he, his, Spock's, you know, Jim asks him, he's like, you're coming with me. Right. <laughs> and, Spock turns around and he says, no, Jim, that's not my destiny. But in the blooper, he goes, no, Jim. Ah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so, I just cracked up because it's really funny to see Leonard Nimoy, this, you know, stoic Spock character just start cussing. And that cracked me up. And I, I love moments like that. I love seeing the actors behind the characters. And so for me, that's, that's, I know it's not a Spock moment, but that's probably one of the, my favorite moments with Leonard Nimoy is just seeing him loosen up and be silly and, you know, that and that um, that Jaguar commercial with Zachary Quinto. <laughs> did you guys see that one? I, you know, honestly, I did not see that one. I'll have to share it with you. Yeah. They 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 both have 
two cars and uh, Zachary Quinto's got a, a Jaguar and um, Z- uh, Leonard Nimoy has like this older sedan and they're going to play golf together. And it's just, it's a really funny commercial between the two of them. I'll have to share it with you guys. Cause it's, it's really freaking cute. Um, but I, I'm going to miss him so much as a person. I'm going to miss his Twitter wisdom. I'm going to miss his, his moments with William Bell on fringe, which if you guys have not seen him on that, you should check him out because it's some very, very impressive acting. Awesome. Uh, Casey. So I'm, I'm, I think I'm the youngest of the group. I grew up even after star Trek next generation was, was a thing, but I used to catch reruns late night and it kind of, the first time I saw it, I thought like, Oh, this is kind of cool. But like, I knew that this wasn't, this wasn't the original series. Mm -hmm. And so I did like my own personal research and I went Mm -hmm. back and I started watching the original series. And I just like, I remember falling in love with, with the, with all of the characters that used to be on the bridge, but especially Spock, because he, he always had this, this air of like, I, he had this like, like majesty to his character, I guess I can't really describe (laughs) it, but he, it's somewhere inside of the logical stoic face that he used to put on when these little pieces of humanity would slip through. That's really where the character would come out and yeah. shine. And yes. these, these little, yeah. these little cracks in the, in the seriousness. That's what I really fell in love with. And that's what I'll miss most. Cool. cool. Matt. I'm just, man, everyone's <laughs> picking mine. I'm like, Oh no, then I'll, then I'll talk about 2009. <laughs> nope. No. And nope. then no. And then I'll, I'll talk about the original. Oh, damn. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna go with cases. Yeah, that's one of the biggest moments was just um, seeing seeing his character. Yeah, I see what you mean by by regal. I I, mm-hmm. I didn't really think about that adjective, but yeah, it's because he's he's cool and confident. He's very 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 confident in, in his in his intelligence. And then but then seeing seeing the little brief moments of him just um, empathizing and and sympathizing with his crew members. It's uh, it makes it a very special episode of of the original series. So. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna have to disagree with Casey on that. <laughs> cool. Um, my mine. Um, I I I didn't grow up on the original series. Uh, I'm not that old, but uh, I I grew up on the movies. You know, I I was very much. My mom was a big Star Trek fan when she was growing up, so naturally I gravitated towards the original series when they were movies. Like, start. I was. You know, I I just I'll just put it this way. I was the only 11 year old you ever saw that wore that that told them, my mom to. Uh, get my costume ready from Star Trek, the motion picture. And oh, nice. Because you, that's the only time they ever had those costumes. If you go back and watch the first movie, mm-hmm. it's a completely different uh, suit than what they ended up going with. But um, I love the Wrath of Khan. Like, that's like one of my all-time favorite sci-fi films. And uh, just the moment at the end when, when he does, uh, when he, he sacrifices himself. To save everyone, mm-hmm. you know, and then him and Kirk have that that moment uh, as he's dying, and and uh, that's something that's always uh, resonated with me, and it's uh, it's it's one of the just it's a very touching and emotional moment, and we were just talking to Henry, who's like the head of our our network, and and he was saying like when he saw that that was the first time he ever really had like his first like exposure to someone dying, I guess in that mm-hmm. sense, and. And I can totally relate. Like I had never lost anyone up to that point in my life. I was I was very young, and uh, and it, it hits you, you know, because when you get attached to a character like Spock, and and you kind of get an idea of his relationship with all the characters and everyone um, on the show, uh, it, it it hurts that much more when you lose him, like in that setting. Like he just he just uh, kind of pulls at you, mm-hmm. and 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 now today, him really gone uh certainly um 
certainly is hitting me just as well as you guys. So that's my uh, that's my favorite moment from from that. And uh, and I just want to end this segment by uh, reading a tweet that uh, William Shatner said. He said, "I loved him like a brother. We will all miss his humor, his talent, and his capacity to love." So, wow. Good stuff. Uh, okay. Have we all had our? We've all had our two cents. Yeah. yeah. All, all right. Everyone, arms up. All right. Three, two, one, and no more sadness. It's yeah. back to being a comedy nerd show. No more sadness. Okay. Well, well, we can, we can, we can do both. Let's, 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 yep. um, let's do a transition. Mm-hmm. We'll kind of. So you got. Have you guys all seen Leonard Nimoy and the Hobbit song? The Hobbit song? No. Oh, oh yes. Oh, what? Bilbo Baggins. Baggins. I'm looking this up right <laughs> now. Uh, you might actually, show. do you guys have a way to like play it? Because all you need is the audio. It's Leonard Nimoy singing a song about Bilbo Baggins back in like the 80s or something. And it's what got these like funky this? dancers. Just watch it. <laughs> Leonard Nimoy, Ballad of Bilbo Baggins. Are you Baggins. serious? This, oh, is a, this is a I'm real thing. I'm very serious. It's totally legit and it's hilarious. It's really funny. And then uh, I misspoke earlier. It wasn't a Jaguar commercial. It was an Audi commercial. Oh, okay. I tweeted it. Shout out uh, to Audi. Shameless plug Sweet. at Amy yep. underscore Marie 97, whatever. Uh, I think that's Casey's thing that I'm doing right now. That's um, fine. <laughs> Self-promotion is definitely it, my and thing. And so he was, he was a very funny guy. So he played these stoic characters, but he was also hilarious. Um, and those two things are just really entertaining. His comedic timing on Fringe was interesting <laughs> his character was interesting oh yeah <laughs> William all. Bell was a little bit of a freak yeah strange guy yeah saying a lot Whew. all right no so being sad no being sad don't be sad Pete <laughs> I would just say so this, I gotta, is, like... this is the part where you edit in the Bilbo Baggins song yes no I think <laughs> we're definitely gonna be doing Bang. that no but um, now I was gonna say like I, I can pull myself together right now and make it through the rest of the show but then I've got to get all sad again when we talk about Agent Carter but that's that's oh, man. talk so um, we okay, already so- did the sun salutation Pete <laughs> it's supposed to end sadness but let's let's continue alright so uh, alright so let's get ready for TV talk here we go put the remote down put the earbuds in sit back listen the boys will catch you up on what's happening on TV warning there might be spoilers ahead TV talk on Cena Nerd all right, so now that we got everything back to normal, we're out we of got, the sadness uh, state we, we were brush, in. Brush um, my shoulders off, shake it off. Kick that dirt off our shoulders. We're going we're gonna to get things going here with uh, TV Talk. And we're going to kick things off with Arrow, which had quite a... Uh, it's a roller coaster. Cliffhanger this week. It was, it was intense this week. Yeah, you had so many things going on. You had, uh, you had Oliver and Diggle going to... How do you say it, Lauren? Nanda Parbat. Nanda Parbat. Yeah. Which, Which I would like to start fortress. out by saying something. <laughs> okay. So I'm Oliver Queen. I have a whole lot of experience from five years kind of sort of on Hellish Island occasionally. <laughs> here, here is this fortress, which by my own words, is impenetrable to any army. Oh, so me and my best bud, we gonna walk in, have no problem, and the little it's a trap filters in my brain don't start worrying, excuse me, no. It's dig, man, it's dig. To my friends, dig. It's Butch and Sunday. It's a trap, it's a trap, it's a trap. I'm like, they don't miss. The league does not miss. They do not die that easily. I'm like, God, Oliver Queen. Yeah, I was a little surprised that they... I was okay, a little sorry, surprised. Sorry, rant they, over. That's okay. I was a little surprised they were able to walk through a little bit. Kind of easy. I was surprised that the league was missing quite a few times when they were trying. That's to That's what out. I'm saying. That was like if like, you had 
Like, yeah. how's Diggle taking these guys out with a gun? That was a little bit. Maybe yeah. he had, they a, had to. It's a gun and it shoots people. <laughs> They're I like, oh crap, he brought a gun. Use guns, man. It's kind of a good idea. Give the gun to Oliver. That's like, he's, that's got like Mer- li- he's got better eyes. <laughs> it's like Merlin's face on the island when Thea pulled the gun. Or no, on Slade when yeah. Thea oh, yeah, pulled yeah. the gun. It was like, oh, wait. That's you have a real gun. Like <laughs> we're not just hand to hand fighting anymore. Oh yeah, no. that's right. No, it was when it was when Laurel pulled the gun on Merlin. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're so used to fighting with all their shanais and all their swords <laughs> and stuff, and it's like, oh, a gun. She just pulled a straight up Indiana Jones. His face was <laughs> just like, was like, what? What? No, that's not how we do things. He's like, we don't use those. Cheating. That's cheating. It was more like shock, not really out of fear. It was just like, almost just like disgust. Like, ah, you don't know how the rules are in this in I'm this thing, surprised. isn't it? I'm half surprised he wasn't just like, time out, time out, time out, time out, and then like runs away. Time in, time in, time in. <laughs> Okay, so so let's talk about that. Let's talk about Thea's decision to tell Laura. I almost said Lolliver. Wow. Lolliver. That's a subliminal <laughs> ship name right there. Lolliver. I mean, it's, it's bound to happen. <laughs> but it's so, supposed so to happen. Thea decides to tell Laurel, and then Laurel decides that she's good enough to take down Merlin. I thought Laurel would have. I, I, I was hope I at first I thought maybe it was like a trap and she was just setting him up for the league, but I think she really fully intended on actually taking him down. What? Yeah. You're telling me Laurel's bravado almost got her killed? <laughs> I'm I was just gonna say so out of character. <laughs> See this is okay, this is what I was thinking. Okay, so she like when when uh when, when Thea was, was telling Laurel like, you know, I was under Miracur, I, I didn't know what I was doing, and then Laurel's all like wasn't your fault and i was like yes team laurel <laughs> she's like good and then like yes. and then she goes off and tries to fight malcolm i'm just like come on what, what, man what are you doing that what are you doing come that? Come on. you were yeah. so close to I, just being good in an episode it, it was I, oh sorry go ahead why i just love when nissa shows up behind her and she's like laurel and she's like nissa <laughs> and and i'm like oh you guys nissa. have this weird kind of interesting relationship going on here i love how no one even bothers trying to call her like trying, I, Laurel just doesn't even bother trying to hide her identity. Yeah, no. <laughs> My name's Canary. Gosh, guys, just come on. <laughs> None of that. You know no. what? I think it was really dumb for Laurel to go after Merlin, but I think it was the appropriate response yeah. because when you lose someone you love, mm-hmm. you you don't think clearly. So if she were to have just handled that moment really well, I think that would have been out of character. That's true. To just say, oh, we'll just let like the big boys take care of this. I think she was like, where's my leather? Where's my baton? I'm going to mm-hmm. go, you know, track down Malcolm Merlin. Does She didn't even care if she won. I think she just wanted to, you know, hit lay, lay into him a little bit. Yeah. Because now she knows who really is responsible for Sarah's death. Like, she's been wanting to know since she found out. And so she had to express that. So, yeah, it was totally dumb. But would any of us do something different if we were in her shoes? Probably not. Yeah, it's true. It's all about vengeance and and revenge. I just, I just feel like it was written that way just to give Oliver another reason to be like, no, you're not good enough yet. <laughs> like, you don't throw your life away, even though I am. Listen, that's to me. my job. I'm Oliver. I know better than you. Yeah. Obviously. But yeah, that is true. That's a good. Point. I probably would have acted that way. My bad. Yeah. Team Lauren. Lauren and her uh, and her realism here. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) 
I loved Thea's reaction, though, that she decided not to live with the guilt. Yeah. That she decided to tell Laurel that she didn't abide by uh, Oliver's wishes. And you know that moment when Laurel walks in and confronts Oliver <laughs> and you see him lie to her face and she's yeah. like, I can't believe you just did that. Yeah. And then it, it, I just love that because, again, Laura, Lauren, what you said, it seemed very real. I would go up to him and be like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. You're lying to my face right now. <clears throat> and I, I loved all of that. I thought that was really well done. That the, I, I think the, I don't know how I ever loved you part was a little yeah. much, but. <laughs> that's a little CW, but that's fine. It's forgivable. <laughs> You know what is it? Um, who is it's what's his name? Michael Asiello? Am I saying that right? You guys know Asiello? Yes, Asiello. Yes. He he tweeted out like right before the, like two or three days before this the episode. You know he does like a little like question. You know the people can ask, ask Asiello. Yeah. yeah, and so um, one of them was you know can you give us a little something about the arrow, about the arrow like um, cliffhanger that's gonna or the episode's coming up it's gonna leave with is a huge cliffhanger and and he he said that line and he said guess who this is? My first thought was Felicity. Because I could see Felicity, say, Felicity saying something like that to Oliver after he says, oh, so Malcolm's gone because of Thea. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go save him, Just, which is essentially what happened only was Laurel yeah. that said that. But um, my first thought was Felicity. So it was interesting to see that, too, because I don't feel like – I feel like we've gotten away from any kind of Oliver and Laurel connection. Like right now to me, they, I don't see if, – if, if okay, obviously we know in the comic books, we know they're a couple. But – the way it's being translated right now with their relationship, I just I'm so far from that. So that that line was a little out of place for me. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like it was just not it just didn't go well with what's going on. And especially, like I said, their relationship um, in the show right now. That could be like a breadcrumb, though, just to remind the audience that they did have a relationship. <laughs> so, and then they can like mm-hmm. build on to that like later on mm-hmm. in the season. But um, yeah, <clears throat> I mean, it was. I, it's not. It wasn't unexpected though. It's like yeah, no, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. I don't know why I live. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> she would say that. Um, I really loved all the honesty in this episode. Yeah. I love that. Like Thea, that she remembers what it felt like to be lied to all those years by Oliver, and so now that she has like truth to drop on people, she's not afraid to do it because. Like, if you lie to somebody, it's going to end up hurting them in the long run. If you tell them the truth, it's going to hurt them right now. And it's cool to see that Thea is making different choices than Oliver. Like, Oliver's go-to default mode is protect the people I love, don't tell them anything. Mm -hmm. But that hasn't worked out very well because a lot of people are dead. (laughs) For the past two and a half seasons. You know? So it's really cool to see the complete opposite of that, which is Thea being really honest and really transparent. And I love that she told yeah. Nissa at the end. Yeah. I mean, that was badass yes. when she unlocked the gate and was like, come at me. Come at I me, kill- bro. I-, I killed her. <laughs> which, who gave Thea the code? Like, Ollie was like, BT dubs. Uh, if you ever need it, the code is 2311. It was on the wall, you know. <laughs> Did she reach in through that like food like um you know window that uh, Laurel put in or something like that? I don't no, know. It was totally like. Hey, she went, do, you, do you remember the show Lost? It was those numbers. It was. Oh, okay. What now Oliver our... sets his password to one two three four. Oh, I need to change my the same suitcase. idiot that that changes a password to password. Yeah, Felicity. Speaking of, so that moment, I've got Let's to get talk into that. about. Let's get into that. Ra- Raylicity. You know, Laura, uh, Lauren was talking <laughs> about. Hashtag it right now. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> uh, but Lauren was talking about realism. I feel like 
Felicity and Ray have a real connection. I oh, feel yeah, that the decision yeah. that Felicity made, A, she needed, B, was totally realistic. The mm-hmm. reality is Felicity has been pining over Oliver for so long that she hasn't had, and, and she hasn't had a chance to, you know, if we're getting to whatever, she hasn't had a chance to let loose since, <laughs> you know, possibly her Ka- psycho ex-boyfriend. She hasn't had a Caitlyn moment, basically. <laughs> <laughs> It went right over my head. Did no anyone get that reference? Vaguely. The, the Flash when she goes crazy. Oh, sh- yes. Shut she, okay. The karaoke episode. Yes. There. Okay. So yeah. So she hasn't let loose. But I. That's a good one. Sorry. It's even I'm better so... when you explain the joke. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but yeah, but Caitlin didn't get any. That's well, true. no, I'm just talking she about in general. No, well, I, I guess, you know, never mind. <laughs> Completely throw everything I just said out the no, window. No, I know, I know. She got to let loose. Yeah, when when they finally hooked up, I was like, oh, my God, finally. And I was like, I was right. like oh, yeah, way to go. Like, all you Alicity fans, I'm sorry, but this is, this is going to happen. Well, here's the thing about be. Ray is she, he treats her like she's special. Yeah. Oliver... Yeah. Protects makes her. so many decisions and doesn't listen to what she says. He's so many times. I mean, she didn't even say goodbye to him this time. She's like, "Screw you, I'm going over to Ray's house." And she, She's like, I'm not even trying any, anymore. Yeah, they, they have like a mutually protective relationship. Her and Ray. Ray, even when he barely knew her, in the I think it was it was the episode Sarah. So episode two of this season, he was there for her. He's like, "Hey, you know, if you ever need anyone to talk to." He was there for her when mm-hmm. no one else was. And he didn't even know her or what was going yeah. on. He's always been there for her. And he treated her like she was special. And on top of everything else, I'd like to point out that Felicity was is, is his muse. I mean, mm. like, she's lying on his chest and he gets, like, the brilliant breakthrough <laughs> yeah. that yeah. creates the Adam suit. I mean, come on. That, if that doesn't melt your feels, I'm really <laughs> happy. I'm, I'm so over... Not so over Elicity, but I'm really I just I kind of am done with it. I think yeah, that me too. Elicity seems so much more natural. They're so perfect together. Um that rock on. I love that scene where he's like laying in bed, his eyes open and yes. he, I was waiting for him to say I made the great the biggest mistake of my life. I'm like, no, <laughs> don't don't ruin it. And then he like, starts writing a formula down I'm like, oh yeah, nailed it. Nice. <laughs> Saved it with mad. <laughs> uh, Lauren, did you have any uh, other thoughts on uh, that scene, that whole thing? I loved it. Um, I had heard beforehand that we were going to get some crazy Raylicity stuff going on. And so I was kind of bracing myself for Twitter because a lot of my friends are Allicity yeah. fans. And, you know, like I can get behind shipping in shows. There are certain shows where I ship characters. But mm-hmm. for some reason on Arrow, that's just like that's not why I watch Arrow. Yes. I'm not really into it for the shipping. I did really, really, really love um, – Oliver and Laurel's chemistry in season one. And I did, I, you know, I love the episode where they, they kind of got back together and I'm kind of rooting for them in the long run, but like, I, I've never had Elicity feelings and I don't know. I just, I don't know if it's cause Stephen Amell is married in real life. So like <laughs> yeah. when I look at Oliver, I'm like, I don't really want to see you like making out with somebody else. Like I know who your wife is. So maybe that's, <laughs> you know, maybe that's part of it. But, um, I really liked the scene. I thought it worked. I thought, um, I think, Brandon and Emily have really good on-screen do, chemistry yeah. together. Definitely. Um, you know, he's standing there shirtless. You know, he's billionaire, philanthropist, playboy genius. I mean, he's the Tony Stark of the DC universe. But he's the nice guy, Tony Stark. He's yeah. he's, ni- right, and he's then really nice. Beta. He's the beta Tony Stark. They start over art. <laughs> yeah. He's got like, like all, she's like, is that a Van Gogh? And he's it's like, uh, no, but still. 
it's actually a Rembrandt, which is kind of you a know? dig. No, I'm just kidding. No, not at <laughs> and all. And I really like liked, um, yeah. Like what Amy was saying that Ray really treats her right. He didn't just keep her as his assistant. He promoted her. He yeah. gave her an office. So like from the beginning, he's been team Felicity. And yeah. yeah, he's grieving for his wife, but he's like letting Felicity in and Oliver never does. And so Felicity's like, heck yes, I'm going to yes. see where this goes with Ray. So I'm excited. How about that suit, by the way? Yeah. I thought it was pretty sweet. Ooh, yeah, we get to see the flight. The flight capabilities. Looked a little like Iron Man, but I feel like when you put on a suit and it flies, that's kind of what happens. I like how they stuck with an exoskeleton kind of thing where it's like, you know, it wasn't a full armored suit like Iron Man. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not just a carbon copy of it. It was it was more just like stuff you place on it's, yeah, it's still around got the a, body. A, yeah. a nougaty, fleshy ray center. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nougaty. Nougaty. He kind of looks like a nougaty guy. I don't know. Is Maybe he... that's just me. Sure. I don't know what, what that would entail. For, so well, I, I, I really, on that visual note. <laughs> so I really enjoyed it too. I really liked it. I mean, he jumped in the suit. He he looked he looked pretty sick in it. Badass man, it was, it was awesome. big old A, red A in the front. That was awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. Now, um, now, like you know, we didn't get in any comic book movie news or anything. But just to add on to that, the news did break last night yeah. that they're developing a crossover. Flash Arrow crossover series Ooh. that would star Brandon Ruff as. Ray Palmer. Brent, yeah. And Brendan Rizzo. You're from and, and, Well, wait a second. Am I getting this? Oh, I can't even Brendan Rizzo. No, no, no. Brandon Rouse. Ralph. R O U T H. Yes. So, and I, I didn't totally understand the <laughs> the uh, press release. Somebody correct me, but are they wanting to bring back Sarah to life as Canary in this? Or mm, was it. Have her in it. I'm conf- what I was said. confused. No, they said the possibility of Katie Lotz. So that that's the actress. Oh, okay. I assume you assume, we we all assume that it's the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I Perfect. have kind of been of the opinion that if they froze her and maybe, but uh, that maybe you know Nissa could like take her and put her in the Lazarus pit and she'd yeah. still be alive. Um, uh, we 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 talked a little bit on the Flash podcast, Lauren and Andy and I, about the possibility of um, the time travel creating alternate universes. So it could certainly be an interesting idea. I don't know if they'd go with it, and I don't even know if I necessarily really like it, but it's certainly possible that maybe they have an alternate universe where if Barry goes back in time and saves his mom, we've created an entirely new time stream where maybe yeah. Sarah Lance never dies. Mm. So, mm. But then, then you don't have the same Ray, and then you don't have the same Felicity. True. Um, so there's that kind of Is it a return of on. goth Felicity in that one? That would be pretty cool. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Goth Felicity. Uh-oh. What if Goth Felicity turns into Oracle? Oh, oh my God! God. Oh, <laughs> who is that? <laughs> that. Hey, write it down. Oracle. Uh, you heard it first on Scene and Nerd. Damn right. Because that could totally work. <laughs> but then she'd be in like three shows at once, and Emily Bett would be like, "I just don't know what to do with my hair." I know. But we get three times the felicity. I mean, she has dresses awesome. in Arrow. She has all black in the alternate universe. And you know, I wanted to. You know, I was listening to that podcast, and I was listening to you guys talk about time travel and everything. And I did want to. I don't I, think that's the right oracle I, that I googled. I did want to add on that. I can't. Remember, okay, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he's like the head of DC, um, like creative. Like he's you should know that guy. His name's. I know his first name's Jeff. Jeff. I, Jeff. Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns. Thank you. Yeah. So he. Um, 
when it was asked to him, like, I don't know if it was a year ago or it was just as Flash came out. They asked him, you know, would the movies tie into the shows? Would they all cross over somehow? He did not say yes, but he did not say no. I just want to I just want to put that out there. I'm not saying this is all going to be, you know, hashtag all connected, but they have. Wait, 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 wait. Say say that again. Hashtag all connected. Oh, the Jeff Johns part. Yeah, what did Jeff say? So, so when they when they were asking him about like you know because everyone wants the movies to cross over with the shows so bad. Oh, the, the way movies. the yeah, okay. the you know the way the Marvel's doing it. They asked him. They they you know they they put it to him and they asked him. You know, is this going to happen? Are you guys going to do something similar? You know, I'm I'm not quoting everything verbatim here, but he said you know to some extent yeah uh, n- no not it's not going to exactly happen. But he didn't say that it couldn't happen. So. Your theory, Amy, of multiverses, I think can work because of the simple fact that in the comic book series, there is multiverses. There are multiple Flashes, multiple Supermans, multiple Batman. There are multiple all these characters. So time travel and everything, all all this, this completely works and it can totally work. So I just wanted to to add on to that because I'm listening to this going, yes, this can totally all happen. (laughs) It's going to happen. This can totally all happen. If we will it so much, it will happen. (laughs) So I just wanted to throw that out there because I thought thought that was really cool. Some really cool theories. Um, Can I I add something in about the Katie Lots and the new show? Go ahead. So because they haven't said who Katie's playing, it's possible that they're going to recast her to play somebody else. That's also true. I would be game for that too because I love Katie Lots. Yeah, I think it'd be confusing, but yeah. it'd be game for it. Like, I, I think that, I don't know, but they could introduce a lot of DC characters. Actually, here's a, here's a shameless plug. I, uh, I created a poll last night on Entertainment Weekly about which DC characters fans would like to see in this new show. So if anybody wants to go vote... You can find that on EW. I'm going to look for the yeah, most BT, BTW, guys, uh, Lauren writes for EW community. So awesome. she's kind of sort of like a superhero. Oh. <laughs> kind of. Then we got a super, super special guest on the show. Which one? So do you have an alter ego? Alter ego? Yeah. Alter ego? Alter ego. Or Actually, you, have... you know what? It's so funny because anyone who goes on Assembly of Geeks has to have like a superhero name. Yeah. But like I don't, I'm not on the show. I just produce the show, so I don't have to have one. But I really want one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll one out. So I we'll think I came out. up with one the other day, which is Trinity Trek. Ooh, I like that. That's cool. Ooh, a nice alliteration. Right? So I in love there. the it's Matrix, good. and I love uh, Star Trek. So I haven't, I haven't told Scott yet, but I'm gonna tell him. That's a great mashup yeah! name. I love it. I really like that, that Lauren. Is... And then you're TT, and I'm AA, and. There it is. Putting those words together is a bad idea. It's an AT-AT. No, I'm just kidding. There we go. Well, at, at is fine, but when you do it the other way, I was like, uh, uh-oh. Um, they also yeah. said they wanted to bring Victor Garber onto that new spin-off yeah. show. That's right, yeah. One half of which, uh, Firestorm. Which, which I'm guessing that means they're going to mm-hmm. put Ronnie Raymond on The Flash. Mm-hmm. As a series regular, they'd have to, and then right? put Vic- I mean, and put Victor Garber on this new show, and then they'll team up and cross over when they need to become Firestorm again. Oh, that's awesome! That is so cool. I, I hope on the it all, run now because it's all like it's it's is it so okay? Is this confirmed that it's actually happening, or is it just all just in the very beginning stages? It's in early development, but okay. they've, it's so weird. Like the deadline article was like the CW is thinking about doing this show, mm-hmm. but they've been thinking about doing it since it's like, how do you have an official announcement about something they're thinking about? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm officially thinking about it. <laughs> 
But like people on Twitter, like the actors were talking about it. Katie Lotz like posted the link and was like, is this a WTF moment with like a question mark? So I think they're trying to feel out everybody's response to the Adam. Okay. Good point. You know? Okay. So now we are at the point with the cliffhanger and what a crazy cliffhanger it was because um, I'll just, I'll just say it. Uh, Roz tells asks or I don't know if it's, he asks or tells Oliver he wants him to be the next Roz Al Ghul. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of was like whoa out of left field. I was I not didn't, expecting that. I at wasn't all. expecting that. Um, I I'll be honest. There was parts in the show that I I had this very scared feeling that Diggle was going to be the one that was going to die in this episode. I was a little oh, worried about that. Either, yeah. I don't know. All some 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 just hit me. This was before he told Oliver he was going to go with him. I just had this weird thought that they would kill off somebody that would just be completely random in the show. Um, so I just, I just wanted to throw that, throw that out there. So, um, it's dig, and I love Diggle. Diggle, by the way. Dig. So, uh, Dig, sorry. To his friends. To his friends. <laughs> he's one of my favorite um, I'm so sad if he That died. was a good line. He's one of my favorite characters, man. Yeah, I love Diggle. Just because he's so, like, he's just so simple, man. You just, you get Diggle. Yeah. You just, you get Diggle. He's the everyman's like, hero. He's the everyman's hero. Because he uses a gun like a normal he's person. Like, <laughs> he's like, I don't, I don't like that very much. Think I'll shoot at that. <laughs> think I'll shoot at that. So, um, okay. So, Lauren, what did you think about the the proposal by uh, by Roz? I thought that was so cool. I know a lot of fans of the Batman comics have been waiting to see something like that on television for a long time. Because in the Batman comics, there's a storyline where Roz asks Bruce Wayne to become the next Roz Al Ghul. Mm-hmm. And I know that the Arrow writers that they pull a lot from Batman. Um, in terms of in terms of the show, it would be so cool to see Oliver say yes. Yeah. I know Alternate it's not going to happen. Right? <laughs> Alternate universe Oliver would say yes. Just <gasps> just to be yeah. like it's going to happen. Just to be like yes, Oliver and Nanda Parbat, I think that would be so awesome with like Thea and Nissa and they could like go on crazy missions. Oh man. I think that'd be really cool. I, like I don't that, think it'll actually. happen, but <laughs> I think like, it'd be really cool. Imagine the opening to season like 4 or yeah, 4 and then just like if the throne can swivel, it'll swivel and it's just <laughs> and it's Oliver all, in it. It's Oliver but right? he's in like a he's he's got all the like rings. A purple costume instead of like <laughs> yeah. That would be so sick. Ah, oh, that'd be so cool. I, I heard Amy gasping. Is that a good or well, bad? Well, no, that was that was just a. I, I love our entire alternate universe idea. <laughs> We're building this, it right now. You heard now. it first it's like a, on Scene and Nerd. It's, like, really did. it's like a rule at this point. All of our conversations eventually get to like, well, yeah, but in an alternate timeline. <laughs> I mean, because we can never be wrong. Exactly. That's why there's no redactions because we're never wrong. We just create alternate universes. <laughs> yeah, but with multiverse theory, you see. Yeah. Washington just could have never announced so, the presidency and no. become king. <laughs> I got conspiracy for a second there. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. What were you saying? Well, I have, I have kind of like three, two-ish, three thoughts on okay. the ending. The first one is the part where um, Roz tells Malcolm Merlin, so this was a little earlier than the actual ending, where he says, I want you to suffer agony. I honestly thought, so I've, I've been kind of um, a proponent of the idea that Tommy Merlin is not dead and that Malcolm took Tommy to the League of Assassins and um, so or took him to a Lazarus pit and somehow got him back to life or and, and so like so say the League still had him I thought maybe their agony like I, I would have just loved to have seen them bring out Tommy Merlin his son and start to kill him 
And that would have been the agony Malcolm Merlin was going through, watching his son die again and oh, knowing that man. he was wow. So that was where I was in my head. I'm like, that we could bring back Tommy Merlin dark. and kill him in one episode. And yeah. So that that was that was where my like dark over an act of imagination went. Obviously didn't happen. They made him agony by putting him over pits of fire. So, you know, very Temple of Doom, very that also, works as you know, well. agonizing. But I thought that would have been kind of fun if like they they decided to put him through emotional pain and somehow they had Tommy Merlin and he was still alive. And they're like, yeah, so we're going to kill him or have Tommy Merlin come out having gone through the Lazarus pit. And now he's a different person. And now Tommy is evil and he's the one who's going to kill Malcolm. So those were two theories that I developed in the span of like 12 minutes in this episode that didn't happen. But anyway, alternate universe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good possibility. But the, the ending, um, I, to quote Stephen Amell, wait, what? <laughs> well, uh, <pardon>? <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah, was... I don't, I don't know if they're necessarily gonna go forward with having him be the next Rachel Ghoul. What I don't understand is, I, I get that they're not gonna make Nissa, that he's not gonna let Nissa take over the League of Assassins because she hmm. showed her weakness with Sarah. So I think Nissa's gonna be pissed off about that, and I think Nissa's actually gonna turn against her father. That's kind of I grappled with that theory since the opening um of the season since when they killed sarah but i kind of want where's talia we know Mm -hmm. we know talia should exist and so i i get maybe maybe she doesn't in in arrow maybe she just isn't a character that they're willing to bring in but i kind of feel like if nissa isn't going to become the next leader of the league of assassins shouldn't talia be next in line you would think, I mean that, I mean she should be if we're going by the comics, which we should be. Um, I don't know. That's I mean that's the thing. She hasn't even introduced or, or referenced at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know where the Arrow writing staff falls with with Talia. I mean maybe they just see her more as a Batman character. Yeah, so that's they don't why. Work. Yeah, which is why we see more of Nessa than we see Talia and. Or maybe if they do decide to introduce Italia, it'll be more of um, maybe like a reference to uh, he has like this child that he had that just he got rid of or something. I don't know. Just I mean, there's so many different ways they could play this where they could introduce her at some point, but they just they just don't necessarily need to do it right now. I guess you know. Thea's like, <laughs> what if Thea? You're Sorry, really I... my daughter. <laughs> oh my god! And your real name's Talia. Oh my god! Oh God. No, that's Wait, an alternate universe. Whose real name is Talia? Oh, uh, Thea, uh, Bruce Wayne. No, Thea. what if what what if Thea was actually the the long lost daughter that Pete's talking about? So or, she's uh, heir to the throne. What about the uh, what about the girl that Oliver slept with and got pregnant? Bruce that, Wayne. Oh, oh, well, I forgot. Her about name was that. not Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm just gonna keep saying it until it fits. What about her? Because then Oliver has a son, and now that'd be very similar to to Talia having a son who For is Bruce trained Wayne. under For Batman. Man, oh. that is Mashed maybe. What were you gonna say? Anything Lo? is possible right now. Oh, I was gonna say I. It's interesting. I think Matt Nable is doing a fantastic job as Roz, and I don't want to see Matt Nable not be Roz anymore and Mm so it's in like I'm wondering how it's all gonna end if Roz is gonna if Matt Nable is gonna continue to be Roz Ogul or if by this finale we are gonna see a Roz successor yeah 
you know, I keep um, I was thinking about what you were saying, Amy, about how like you said that he wouldn't give the throne to Nessa because she showed weakness. Now, would that weakness come out of Oliver per se if when he after he asked him to be Razogu, he says, "Okay, your first, your first, the first thing you got to do as Razogu is kill Malcolm Merlin," and then he's like, "I can't do it." I can't. I can't kill Malcolm. I can't kill Malcolm Merlin. Yeah. And then there's like this whole. Test. Yeah, it's a. Te- it's like it's like Batman Begins, where yeah. you know he tells Bruce to kill this this guy because he committed a crime, and he's like, mm-hmm. and then he gives him the same speech. You know, something similar to that. Do you think? Do you think that weakness will come out, and then we we're, we're back to square says one? The same speech. <laughs> not literally, but yeah, to, I know. Same idea. I just don't fucking get all these superheroes not wanting to kill people. Like I don't get. Like I understand that Batman's like I can't kill people, but he throws like fucking razor sharp bat rings at people and they're like <laughs> slicing into people's oh, skin. It's like not killing, just maiming. <laughs> Didn't Arrow like throw like a little bolt into into See, like, like one of the well, that was season it. one. Yeah. Arrow kills that people. Oh, no, 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 no. In Arrow... this one, when they were clearing out the fortress, like came around a corner, threw a bolt in someone's neck, or was it? A I think trank it was probably bolt. like a trank dart. Yeah. <laughs> trank. Fucking I... Arrow kills randoms all the time. Like he's like he just fucking blows stormtroopers away like at, <laughs> at will. And then like when it comes to like Slade or something like that, he's like, no, you can't. Nah, bro. He's important to the story. You can't kill him. <laughs> well, I mean, but as, as far as Nissa goes, um, I, I've all you, you saw it the first time that we were introduced to Rachel Ghoul. He says that she, that Sarah was never one of us, mm-hmm. and that made it very clear to me that he did not trust Nissa's opinions on Sarah. That he didn't trust her decision to fall in love with Sarah. Um, and you know, I, I don't think that. I think the reality is he would not pass the mantle onto Nissa because he sees what she's done as complete weakness. And so I, I, I think that's going to become an issue. And I think Nissa is going to be very angry about that, especially since she's, my name is Nissa Agu and I'm the heir to the demon. I mean, she says that every time and mm-hmm. now she's no longer the heir. She's going to be a little pissed off. It's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, oh man, fight to the death. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Lauren, did you want to add something about that whole, that whole uh, issue? I think I think Nissa could be the next Roz. I think that could be an end game we could see at the end of this finale. I think it'd be great if they brought in Talia and I I don't I don't think they're opposed to it, but I think Nissa could be the next Roz. I mean, what about um Maceo? I mean, yeah, what's he up or to? or somebody else hey. that we've we've already seen. I mean, what about Malcolm? I mean, okay, here's one thing I do want to say. I love that when Malcolm was on his knees before Roz, he was begging for him not to kill him. And when Oliver was on his knees, he was begging him to kill him. And, and to I not think, kill Diggle. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's when yes. Roz was like, this guy has so much more honor than yes. Malcolm Merlin ever has because he's not afraid to die. And I thought that was a cool juxtaposition. That's a great parallel, Lauren. I did not think about that. Yeah. That's a Oh, that's awesome. He even said, like, oh, take your death with, with honor. And then Malcolm's like, don't kill me. And then take him away. And then so, yeah, there was that definite, like, contrast mm-hmm. in the same situation between the two characters. That was really fun. Overall, good episode, man. Yeah, no, it was good. Um, so many theories to go. So so many things to think about. You know, they left us with this cliffhanger. It's not back till I think it's March 18th. Yeah. And uh, so much to think about and talk about, which we will continue to talk about. Um, but yeah, good good cliffhanger uh, gives us something to look forward to as we head towards the uh, the the end of the season three. So, moving on to um, 
Uh, let's see here. Agent Carter. What was the hand for, Pete? It's just a calming hand. Just a calming hand. I felt calm. <laughs> I think, no, I had to gather myself because uh, <sighs> I'm going to get sad right yeah. now again. Um, Don't. This isn't the end. <laughs> Don't what, get sad, Pete. What was the hashtag that they were sending out? Is like was it Renew Agent Carter? Call. I know you guys know Laura and Amy. I kept putting out this is not the end. Yeah, this one. Uh, this is not the end. It yeah. can't be. No, it's too it, good. It was. It was so good. So everything was great. Like it's I, too much fun. You know, there was so much. You know, so much going on. You had the them going to investigate the uh, what I call the movie theater massacre. Uh, Let's get one. They had the uh, gas hitting Sousa. You had Howard Stark coming back. And, and I just want to say this real quick. I thought they did a beautiful job of bookending the show. You start with um, you start with the opening where they have the radio, um, mm-hmm. the radio show kind of di- showing how, you know, you know, Captain America and, and uh, Betty Carter, Betty. as they called her. Um, was it you know, even Carter? I think it was something else like Betty something. Yeah. Carver. 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 Thank nice. you. Um, they had, you know, kind of showing how that went down with, with, with them before he, before he died. And then you had, uh, Peggy trying to save Howard at the end. Yeah. And then, you know, um, how it all worked, uh, that worked out, you know, versus her and Captain America. And I thought it was just, they did a really good job of tying it all together. And it, it just, it ended very, very well. And I was very uh, happy to see that. Um, what did you guys think? Uh, Lauren, I'll start with you. Um, what did you think of how they tied that all together? Um, they they did their own little like tying it into Captain America, and just bringing it all together and just bringing it all together in the end. I thought it was I thought it was perfect. I was really surprised at all of the movie tie-ins. You know, it's funny. Sometimes I forget that the shows are allowed to connect with the films. I don't know if that's because I'm so used to DC being movies are over here and TV is over here. But um, I love that because Marvel owns, you know, all of these properties that they can, they can put them on the show. They can put them in the films. I was, I was genuinely surprised because I was thinking about the finale. I was thinking about what I would like to see in the finale and it didn't even cross my mind that we would get any references to Captain America. And so when Howard started to have that hallucination and he saw the snow, I totally freaked out. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, we get to see the snow and we cap in the mm-hmm. plane that's going to yeah. go down. And then Peggy walks out with that shield. And I think the Internet collectively yeah. You know, exploded. <laughs> yeah, it blew their minds. And she was like, bring him home. And, you know, I just, what I love about this show, and I don't know if that's because of um, the showrunners, Tara and Michelle. I don't know if it's because of what they bring to the table, but there was such an emotional arc that, like you're saying, it bookended. It paid off really well. And I love that we got to see Howard's guilt. Like, we don't ever talk about that. We talk about Peggy missing Steve. But I don't think anyone has ever talked about what it was like for those for the Howling Commandos and for people like Howard to actually lose Captain America. Mm-hmm. Like they lost the greatest gift, like the greatest creation in mankind of that century. And he was only around for a couple of years and then he died. And so it was great seeing Howard deal with the guilt from that. And then it was great to see Peggy. Like, this is what was crazy about that episode is that she was in a control tower again over a microphone again, talking somebody down, you know, on a plane that's about to drop something over New York City again. And it was so heartbreaking to watch her have to be in the exact same position she Mm -hmm. was in in the first Avenger. But 
it all turned out okay. And she got to have Jarvis and Howard come back. So it was kind of like, like when you go through a trauma, you relive that moment over and over and over again. And I feel like this for Peggy is like, it redeemed her memory of losing Steve because now her memory of being on the radio and like talking somebody down, it turned out to be okay. And Howard came back and she was finally able to like move on from that point in time. Yeah, it was, I just want to say real quick, Haley Atwell did an amazing job in that scene. Just Mm -hmm. so good. I mean, you really do feel like, like, just because, like Lauren said, you, you saw her go through it with Captain America. You're seeing her go through it again with, with Howard. And it's just, she, she did such a phenomenal job in that scene, you know. And I just want to say, like, I know, like, those those award shows don't really give too much credit for yeah. comic book movie shows and mm-hmm. things like this. I really hope they look at Haley Atwell's performance in Agent Carter because she was so good. You know, I, I was a little worried when the show was good. I was excited, but, you know, you, you, you hate to see a drop-off from the original source. Yeah. And, and I think they did a, a fantastic job carrying over Peggy and, and Howard. And, and, you know, they were my favorite parts every time they were together on screen in the show. And uh, and I just wanted to say, like, I just I loved Haley Atwell in that scene because she she was so good. And you really could feel her pain and, and what she was going through. And, and her I desperation, th- really. Yes. And, and just and to get him back. Yeah. She just sold it so well. Uh, Amy, what else did you what did you think of that? Same exact thing that Lauren said. Um, we were both very similar on this. The this thing that I loved about this episode that the main dilemma, the main climax moment wasn't action-based. Yes, you had that great fight scene between Dottie and Peggy, but ultimately the deciding factor of the episode was emotional. It was Peggy trying to relieve Howard of his guilt because he literally he's been living with this guilt for so long guilt he didn't even realize maybe that he he had that he was so guilty about that peggy didn't realize that that he had that maybe she didn't realize she had and the deciding moment of this is peggy saying i loved him too but we have to let him go the fact that that is the ultimate moment that changed the course of the show and and you know changed the fate of millions of lives was an emotional moment like that. To me, I just love that. I cannot express how much I I enjoyed that, how much I, could, I thank the writers for that, because so many times we see it all about action. We see it all about who's got the bigger fighting powers, who's got the, the bigger strength. I love that the moment in this episode, which mattered the most, was purely emotional. And I thought it was so well done. That moment where, just like Lauren said, that moment where they're in the snow, I had what I, 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 I had a, two fangirl heart attacks in the span of 12 <laughs> seconds. Cause at first you see them and you're like, oh, he's going to go, he's going to, the cap is there and Howard's there. Yeah. And then you turn around and there's Peggy and she's got the shield. And I literally melted onto the floor. <laughs> I'm going, Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, it was just so superbly well done that. And, and everything involved around that um, Jarvis, especially seeing his reaction, um, we had talked once before about, you know, if Jarvis had to choose the, you know, make the choice between Howard and, and what's right, that he would choose what's right. And so even though he, he had to, to sh- he would have had to shoot down his, you know, one of his g- good friends, he was willing to do that. And obviously I think, you know, so would Peggy 
have been, but I, I just thought this entire episode was so superbly well done. I, uh, again, I, or I agree with what you said about how it's, um, it's like a book, you know, it's very, it, it mm -hmm. opens with one thing and ends with another very symmetrical. Mm -hmm. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was very well written. I thought it was extraordinarily well acted. I love that even though they closed off most of the ends, they still kept a few threads open. Like where did Dottie go? Yeah. Hashtag Dottie lives. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm, I don't see why they wouldn't renew Agent Carter. I, I would be game for more of a miniseries again instead of like a whole 22 episode one. I kind of like the miniseries aspect, especially because they did it so well. So I, you know, I'm totally game if they want to do like a same thing next year on the hiatus for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But I'm definitely going to miss Miss Little Miss Peggy Carter. Yeah, I was just going to say like um, the this episode like we're we're all just kind of com or echoing Pete's word of a uh, book ending kind of book ended like uh, the first uh, uh, the first movie, uh, Captain America movie first Avenger and because um, uh, even like the 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 Agent Carter season started with that scene you know where she's talking to um, to Cap and then he's going down mm -hmm. then it kind of ends in that same thing where she's talking to Howard so that was oh, that nice was nice catch. yeah that was nice um, and uh, oh, she was going with this. The the biggest thing for me was um, this also kind of not really concludes, but like um, yeah, concludes uh, the <laughs> the uh, the the story of how uh, how impactful Captain America was to you know his friends around him and, and his country because you know his yeah sure his celebrity grew in in the, in the states, but also um, as you guys were saying um, his his impact on 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 Howard and how he's felt guilty about you know letting him down and like how such a important person um uh captain america was is like having him lost in such a short amount of time that was um i don't know it's 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 kind of like a way to end the celebration of captain america and then just now we know that you know he's alive in the modern world so that's nice but it was uh it, it was fun seeing it i I would like it to be picked up again. It would be really fun. That's one of the biggest things about this miniseries was it was really fun. Yeah. yeah. Such a fun show. And, like, yeah. the agent show is fun, but it, it has to, like, kind of, like, tie in with, like, a story arc that they're really going for. But um, this, like, the past, like, uh, really small season of Agent Carter was just, like, you know, find the next weapon that got out and, you know, save the day. And it was – there was definitely, like, an overall story arc to it. But it was it was fun, um, just like just being along on the ride for that short amount of time. So um, I I would be happy if they renewed it. But I also like how it's, it's in in its short form and how it kind of just concludes the the um, the the period saga of early Captain America in his very first days. So um, I'd be happy if if um, they picked it up. But also it you know if if they just left it as is, then you know that's fine too. Because, uh, yeah, Dottie's running around. Yeah. <laughs> She's awesome. <laughs> so I have kind of an unpopular opinion. Uh-oh. I love the show. Don't get me wrong. Hashtag I like, Cranky Casey. I didn't like the finale. I honestly, I thought, really? it, was, I thought it was a little bit underwhelming. Yeah. Because, uh, like, they never really explain what Leviathan is. They kind of, like, tease Leviathan this whole time. And yeah. You have, like, hybrid, you have the hybrid that was, teaser at that the That was end. Scott's big issue. But, yeah. Scott, the, who did the Peggy Carter pop. It's just, like, they didn't really... Get Leviathan. They tease it as this big ominous, uh, this big ominous group, and then they never really delve into it or explore it all that much. And that finale to me just kind of seemed a little bit rushed. Like, like everything's kind of felt like it was slowly coming together, and then it was just like, boom, Howard's back, 
Boom, Howard gets captured. Boom, he feels guilty. Boom, he's about to bomb Manhattan. And then Jarvis almost shoots him down. And then he does it. And then it's over. And then... And then Dottie gets away. It just seemed like it all happened well right at the end. And I like I, I don't know. I was I was hoping for something more. I felt like it really didn't find its its foothold in the Marvel universe. I feel as though nothing has changed now. I guess that's what I'm saying. I have no new information other than like what those characters were doing in the past. But I like I don't know anything more about Captain America. I think that was kind of the point because you know also Henry was saying that earlier. It didn't really add to anything to the universe or. It didn't really do anything. I think what it, what it added was just more backstory to fan favorites uh, characters like you know yeah. Peggy Carter, and I and I think it was because um, we we get wrapped up on shows that add to the universe. Like okay, how does this tie in with this? How does that tie in with that? How does this tie in with that? Is this teasing the new movie? Is this going to be in the next Avengers movie? We get a little tied up in that, and it's fun because this is the first time this is ever happening. But it's nice to have just a mini series that's just like you know what? Let's celebrate these like smaller characters that made a big impact, and they're um, and they're all just talking about how uh, one core superhero, Captain America, changed their lives, mm-hmm. and how him being gone changed their lives again. So I'm um, um, yeah, like it the. It would be fun to explore like the whole like Leviathan Leviathan thing again. Mm. Um, I'm hoping that they would bring that back to like you know some to like Aiden's Shield or I, something like that. Or I definitely think at, at this point they they have to. What well, with yeah. Dottie Dottie being gone and the whole Leviathan thing not being explained. Plus you now have the this weird Hydra jail cell committee. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> no, no, you, you make a good point, but I also do think you know I, well said, Matt, what you said, and and I also think that a part of the reason too is. Um, maybe they are getting ready to bring it back as another eight series, eight episode thing, mm-hmm. um, which is why they left Dottie running around, which is it why they, it open. yeah, why they didn't tell us more about Leviathan. Maybe they would rather, I mean, they left us with what's his name. Um, I'm um, forgetting his name. The doctor, the doctor at the, at the end of the episode, Dr. Short oh, guy, uh, Hannibal. Lecter. If, <laughs> <laughs> what, what was his name? Do you guys remember? Bruce Wayne. His so name is, his name is Dr. Ifchenko. That's no, what it no, is. No, no. God bless him, you. Re, but his real name is Fenhoff. No, no, or, the, doc, um, or Dr. Faustus. The, the, Zola. Zola. Thank you. The, 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 oh, his, his, Arnim his, Zola. Yes. Uh, his, uh, his cellmate. So they left, they left the, some things open. And, and to me, like I, I love it if they if they keep it as it is and they don't bring it back like Matt said I'm 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 fine with that. Mm-hmm. But they did leave it open to where if they were to bring back Agent Carter um in however long in an 8 episode thing again um they they can they have now the flexibility to explore those explore what happens and and then they teased a little moment with with you know uh Peggy and and Susie at the end which I thought was was kind of cool. Yeah. Real, real cute. I thought it was nice with those two characters. Oh, they're smiling at each oh, other. Oh, it was so That's nice. Great. Soft moment. <laughs> um, no, that was cool. But but I think that, you know, I can definitely see getting uh, taking um, getting kind of upset that they didn't explain Leviathan. But like I said, I think that they did that purposely because they I, I think they're going to. Yeah, I think they're going to come back again. The I, biggest I thing was just the, the purpose of the show was to celebrate Captain America and the people that he you know touched in his life and then i guess they just needed that backstory avenue just you know that evil corporation group Mm -hmm. just to you know keep the story kind of going but i don't know i got the impression like i I get the same impression from agents of shield like it it, well i got more so from the first season of agents of shield where it was just kind of stringing us along until the next captain america movie Mm -hmm. i felt like peggy carter was just kind of stringing us along not not all the time i should say not all the time peggy carter was a great standalone miniseries 
but sometimes I felt as though it was just stringing us along until the next uh, Agents of Shield series. It's like okay. a breadcrumbs miniseries. Yeah. Okay. Uh, learn. It's a lead up to a lead up to a movie. to a lead up to, a, <laughs> to, a, to an even bigger movie, which is arguably what the MCU is. <laughs> Um, I think it's really well said what all of you had to say. I think to address the fact that they didn't kind of flesh out Leviathan, I think what you guys are saying is true. That, like, Peggy, like, the main point of this first season was to help Peggy get closure on Steve Rogers, which I think they did. Because now they can tell whatever stories they want. And they don't have to put in those little nods to Steve anymore. So, for instance, in season two, there doesn't need to be Steve's blood. There doesn't need to be any kind of remorse or guilt or anything weird with Howard and Peggy. I think now that they've dealt with all of that, there's kind of a clean slate moving forward. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That's good. But it is, it's, see, that's the, that's the difficult thing about Marvel. So, like, what I love, like, Marvel, I love all the movies. I love all the shows. Like, DC, I love all the shows. Um, and I love the movies, too. But I, I think that, like, DC TV has a lot more freedom because they're not connected to the films. Mm-hmm. That they can take the plot wherever they want to go. And they don't have to worry about how is this going to affect our next movie. So, with Marvel shows... They, it's kind of a catch-22 for them. Even like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I love. I watched every episode. I did never get tired of it, but I know people did. Is that they had to wait for that big reveal in Cap 2. So it's kind of like the tension with Marvel television is like how creative can they get building up to something they already know is going mm-hmm. to happen, mm-hmm. which can limit them or it can give them more license depending on how clever the writers are. Yeah, like how far along they've mapped it out or like at what at like in how many episodes do you have to introduce this item because it's introduced in the next movie. Exactly. So like in terms of storytelling, Marvel doesn't get to tell organic stories because they have an end game. Like they know where they want to go, which is smart if you're a writer, because, you know, you know what you want your finale to be or, you know, what you want your cliffhanger to be. But that can limit you in terms of just letting your characters and your story breathe a little bit because Mm -hmm. you're always working towards this kind of final thing. So it's it's like a catch 22. That's what makes it great because it connects to everything. But that's also what can make it not so great because they are limited in what they can say and what they can do until they can reveal whatever they're working on revealing. Good point. Very good point. Uh, Amy, did you want to say anything else on that? No, I just echo what Lauren says that, that they are kind of limited in the story that they can tell. I actually had a chance to uh, back at Comic-Con. I interviewed Haley and uh, Louis Esposito and I asked them that I said, what's, what's the difficulty, what's the challenges associated with, you know, with creating a story that we already ultimately know the ending to. And he, he, Louis Esposito basically, and and Haley, they basically both said that there isn't so much a challenge because there's always a story to tell. Mm -hmm. Tell. And so I feel like they have a long-term goal. I feel like they have a long-term, the reality is they can tell the entire story about how S.H.I.E.L.D. comes to be, how HYDRA gets infiltrated. Uh, Lauren and I, on the Peggy Carter podcast, we talked about uh, the possibility that maybe uh, Zola uses Dr. Um, <laughs> Ivan Cho, Ivan Cho, Ivanko, <laughs> Evchenko. she who shall not be named, Evchenko. P.F. Chang's. P.F. Chang's. <laughs> 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 
This uh, episode is being sponsored by PF Chains. Oh, but maybe that. Maybe, maybe Zola uses PF Chanko's. Um, you know his his. <laughs> you're still laughing, aren't you? Yeah. You can't unhear it. You can't unhear it. That's his name from now on. Uh, but maybe maybe they use his mind controlling abilities to ultimately help. You know, to ultimately um, uh, corrupt some high-ranking shield officials to become Hydra. Maybe all of the start of Hydra, where it ultimately ends up being, you know, a volunteer kind of thing, like you're joining Hydra because you believe in Hydra. Maybe initially people turned Hydra because they were being brainwashed into it, literally hypnotized and brainwashed into it. So, you know, maybe that's something that comes about. So I think that they they have a huge story, and that's what, that's what uh, both of those fantastic people said in that interview, is that basically there's always a story to tell, they don't feel like they're restricted. So I think ultimately they have an end game. Um, I would like to see Leviathan cleared up. I would like to see whether Leviathan becomes Hydra, whether it becomes something different, Black Widow, maybe it you know, maybe it'll show up on Shield, which would be fun. Maybe we get to see the repercussions of Shield, but you know, we never saw things like the Howling Commando tech. Lauren and I had really, really, really wanted oh, to yeah. see kind of all that come about. We'd wanted to see Trip from Shield. We wanted to see his grandfather. So I think that there's a lot of potential for that in um, in in upcoming seasons. I think they have stories. I think they're just waiting on the green light from ABC. Which again, I don't really understand why they wouldn't renew it. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably they're just figuring out the details of what they can and can't do. Mm-hmm. And they also could literally, maybe ABC is waiting on the green light from the Marvel Universe. And the Marvel Universe is like, okay, but you can't tell, you can't renew it now because we need you to renew it later. We need you to have it come out on a certain date, mm-hmm. which will correlate with a certain movie. Yeah. You know, like, so yeah. think about it. If S.H.I.E.L.D. had come out a year later, I don't know if it would have even gotten, or if it had come out a year earlier it may not have even gotten a season two to connect with cap two yeah. because it was frankly really boring until yeah. sorry, Lauren, <laughs> I know you liked it, but I, I was really bored up until the captain America thing. And then it got fantastic, but you know, that's it. Maybe it's actually the MCU God who's like sitting there with his big <laughs> bulletin board going, yeah, but agent Carter has to come back in 2016 because it needs to correlate with X movie or, you know, stuff like that. So maybe maybe it's not ABC. Maybe it's actually Marvel that's holding them back from renewing it. But I don't know. We don't know. What goes on in the magic Marvel god <laughs> Behind the curtain. Room? Yeah, yeah, and Galactic it's... Galactic throne. Ma- yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. That would be so, fun. So to, to wrap up our talk about uh, Agent Carter, I want to ask you guys... Um, do you guys uh, have a favorite uh, favorite character, favorite scene um, from the last eight episodes that were uh, pretty awesome? Uh, Lauren, I'll start with you. What, what, what favorite moments and favorite characters did you have from the show? One of my favorite moments was when Jarvis was stitching up Peggy's injured leg. Um, Damn it. I mean, sorry. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, dude. Really? I was like, no one's going to say this. <laughs> really? That's okay. Continue. <laughs> um... I think that Peggy and Jarvis had fantastic chemistry. Yeah. I knew that Jarvis was going to steal the show. I just knew it. I mean, he's witty. He's British. He's a sidekick. I mean, he has all of the things that you need to like scene steal, you know, because he's just amazing. Um, They've been friends for really a long time. um, Haley Atwell and James Darcy. And that really came through. And there was something about that scene that was very romantic because they were, you know, in the bedroom, but like 
they weren't doing anything romantic, but there was just that kind of classic kind of timeless chemistry, you know, like her pant leg is rolled up a little bit and, you know, he's sewing her up and she's kind of like leaning back. I don't know. There was just electricity in that scene. I felt, and everything they were talking about with, you know, not getting people killed and is it really worth it to be doing this kind of work and how Jarvis kind of talks Peggy through um, the death of her roommate, just that, that everything about that scene that was really emotional and, and really kinetic. And it like really pulled you in to the budding friendship of these two characters. Nice. Very nice. Um, so with that uh, favorite scene of yours, you have a favorite character that you liked um, in the show <laughs> might be obvious, but <laughs> Well, obviously Peggy, <laughs> but if, if I had, you know, if, if Peggy's not on the table, cause we would all pick Peggy, yeah. I would have to say uh, Jarvis. I really adored him. It's okay. If our char- favorite characters overlap, because that yeah. might, that's probably going to happen. <laughs> He's right. so British. <laughs> How do you not love that? Um, Amy. Oh man. That's difficult. Um, that's, let's that's, start with favorite character. You have like title. five. You have like four or five other choices. I think favorite character is probably a tie between Jarvis and Angie. I really, really enjoyed Angie. I thought she was a lot of fun. She was just a great little comedic moment. I really liked her and everything she did. She was just a lot of fun to have on the show. Jarvis. How I love how you just try to, you try to like sneak it in there, like Jarvis? <laughs> Question mark. Maybe they've forgotten <laughs> Jarvis. Well, no, because I, I I'm trying to think of, of of reasons, but the reality is he's just fantastic. But he Lauren is. said it so well. Mm-hmm. I really really enjoyed the blissfully platonic nature of Jarvis and Peggy's yeah. relationship because you don't need to have romance to have a perfect partnership. Yeah. And I think that they work so brilliantly together. They're just, they're, they're two peas in a perfect pod. They're just, it's so fantastic, which is weird because technically there's usually three peas in a pod, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> it's one of those um, smaller peas. It's not a big deal. <laughs> Amy Marie, see, confirmed etymomiologist. <laughs> favorite moments. Uh, Jarvis interacting with the lollipop kid. <laughs> that definitely made me laugh really hard. Go away. That was good. <laughs> Angie's uh sobbing in front of Thompson moment and Thompson's like petting her and he's like it's it's all right dear and then the the gamma part very funny. Um and just you know if we're going on the emotional side I think for me that la- that scene where she was on the mic with Howard yeah, in the finale yeah. really did it for me. That was one of my, uh, probably my favorite scene. That bit in the part where she holds up the shield. Just, the, I mean, that that fangirl meltdown right there. Um, but I, it was just, it was so superb, this entire series was. But if I had to pick a favorite character, probably be Jarvis. <laughs> okay. okay. Nailed probably, it. Nailed it. Probably nice. choose Jarvis over Peggy just because he's... They're both British, so yes. can't be bad. <laughs> well, that's a good point. <laughs> Fine. I'm choosing, I was going to say I choose Peggy and Jarvis and say the shipper name, but the only shipper name I get for Peggy and Jarvis is Parvis, which sounds like <laughs> a disease puppies get, and Jeggy. 
which sounds like a really bad 50s dance. The jaggy. jaggy. Do the jaggy. <laughs> That's hilarious, hey, actually. Peggy, it's, teach me how to jaggy. Just... <laughs> I'm tweeting it right now. Dibs. Teach me how to jaggy. Teach me, teach me how to jaggy. <laughs> I'm beating you to I'm typing it in right now. I'm oh. beating you to it. Uh, okay, Casey. Hey, all right. I like to... I like Agent Thompson, actually. Yeah. Why does cool that not guy. surprise me? I, I like That's Agent such Thompson. such a cool guy. Okay. Because, because everyone else here is going to choose someone cool. You're going to choose someone redeeming who has nice morals and things like that. <laughs> no. I'm choosing the asshole. I'm choosing the reformed asshole because he starts <laughs> off like, no. sup, sup, woman. Nice coffee you got there. Like, uh, more cr- cream and sugar. Like, fuck you. But like, towards the end, he's like, hold me. I'm scared of bullets. And he like real, he, he like realizes that he's 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 fucking chicken shit and Peggy's awesome and he comes to that slow realization and I I like I love it I I love uh, I love characters that have some kind of like some kind of one eighty some kind of development I'm but a fan of the anti hero too. Then he then he he goes back on it when when Mr. Senator dude comes oh, in yeah. is like right. what a scumbag moment right <laughs> well le- well like I don't know if you ever saw the movie Nightcrawler right there's uh there's the main character in that played by I think Jake Gyllenhaal but uh, but basically his main character undergoes no transformation at all throughout the entire movie he just remains a fucking asshole the entire time and I think there's something to say about that kind of character that just undergoes no transformation at all because you don't see that very often and it's a very specific portrayal and it's a very specific archetype that I think the writers put into the show to like highlight other characters yeah because if you didn't have that one like that that rock like if you didn't have the base nothing to compare it the, to if you didn't have the base of douchebag like if you didn't have that <laughs> that douchebag foundation base zero you, douchebag you would have nothing else to like to put the good characters up upon yeah. you would have no pedestal to compare them to yeah so uh, for that reason <laughs> Thompson, Thompson the ass the unsung right. hero yep. of Agent Carter <laughs> <laughs> and Chad Michael Murray so you know yeah favorite mo- did you have a favorite moment or anything. Uh, that fucking when when Sergeant Dooley jumps out the window, oh, like yeah. it's super that sad. Awesome. It's super sad. But if I'm gonna go, like that's how I'm going. I'm with stra- a Nerf vest with on, with a Nerf like a flaming Nerf vest, yelling as I just. And he shot God, the window God, first. So, that's badass. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. He just so cool. booked it out the window. Yeah. Very cool. So very sad. Cool. So cool. We're not being sad. Move no. on. <laughs> Done with this sadness. No. <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, um, I was gonna pick Jarvis. Okay. Um, I don't know now. Actually, I want to be cool and pick someone different, be a super cool guy. But I'm just I'm gonna have to stay with him because, uh, oh, my favorite scene was when he was like, he was being like the uh, I forgot it was the opening sequence. I think for like the third episode where he was like being the distraction. He's like, this amount of coin for your like for your bomb or something what it was oh, and it was yeah, just yeah, su- yeah. super nervous or even like that phone call that he was trying to be like someone else yeah and then uh classic hey, so Mac. good yeah yeah his hey, american Mac. accent was good oh it was so bad it was awesome it was great yes um uh so yeah um i'm gonna pick those scenes as regards but my my favorite scene overall is it's probably at the end you guys were talking about uh, the perfect platonic partnership, you know, partners, hashtag partners in crime kind of thing with um, Peggy and Jarvis. And I like the scene where he was like, he was like, 
anytime you need my help, Miss Miss Carter, I'm always there for you. And I was like, would you just like hug and, you know, <laughs> something instead of being so prim and proper and, you know, respect each other's but space. that's what's so great. That's what's it's so like, awesome it, about them, like yeah. It's so perfectly separated from any romanticism that it's almost yeah. romantic. Yeah, I mean, like, I wasn't expecting him to, like, make out at the end. Isn't he, like, married or something? Yeah, and, yeah, he's married. But, and, you know, but, like, uh, I would just be like, oh, come on, guys, hug it out, you know? Just <laughs> fist bump, something, you know? <laughs> High five, you know? Or, you know, like, break into dance and do the jaggy? Do the jaggy, doing yeah, a do jaggy, inventing the jaggy. We got to get that trending as soon as possible. It's, it's, but there's a handshake. <laughs> Like handshake. Jackie handshake. The jackie is a handshake. Yes, I like that. I like yeah, that's that. a good one. <laughs> like uh, like the parent trap with Lindsay Lohan. Did you guys, you know, when Lindsay Lohan yeah, yeah, and they... her butler have that handshake? Oh, that's right. Yes, I do remember that'd that. That'd be kind of, oh, they my God. kind of like hop adorable. around when they do it. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, so I, I overall, yeah, I like that relationship the the entire time. So cool. It's cool. been fun. Did you did you say a scene? Yeah, well, I, I picked several oh, scenes. That's right, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, for me, I would say my favorite scenes were just anything that involved – uh, Howard and Peggy because I love like I said earlier like I loved how they kept um, that relationship going that you saw mm-hmm. them uh, have in Captain America like it was just I, I love how it was like a lot of give and take and and um, you know they, they there was some tension at time not sexual at all but just just the fact that um, Howard would lie and Peggy would find out yeah. and she'd be pissed off but it never really affected them in a way that they hated each other mm-hmm. like after that you know they they somehow found a way through it and still kept uh, moving on. So I really enjoyed any relationship, any, any screen time with, with Peggy and Howard. Um, my favorite character, actually, I'm going to go with Sousa. I really hey. liked Sousa. Um, nice. And, and, that. and I, I say that because from day one, or I should say episode one for us, uh, he was on Peggy's side the whole time. Yeah. And he treated her as an equal mm-hmm. because you never saw that until they were with the Howling Commandos. And, and, you know, obviously Thompson finally got to say, hey, oh, well, Peggy is a badass. Um, and, and I love that Susan, even, even uh, in last week's episode when he was like the hardest on her, but then, but then was like, no, we should still trust her. Like his, his thoughts and respect for Peggy never, never wavered, even though she, you know, he was questioning her and, and he really wanted to know who she really was. Nothing ever changed. Like he always cared for Peggy, wanted mm-hmm. to make sure she was okay. Uh, and then, like I said, I really, I, I don't know, I'm a softy. So I really liked that moment at the end with, with Peggy and Souza. Like, kind of like, you know, sideways Pete, do you have a nougat center? <laughs> <laughs> and is it Brandon <laughs> Routh? <laughs> <laughs> but I really, I really enjoyed, uh, I really liked Souza. I thought he was a really, really cool character. Um, his character definitely never changed, but was very, a strong character. And I thought mm-hmm. it was cool that, you know, he was somebody back from the war who had this injury. Mm-hmm. And despite that injury, he still m- maintained this strength about him and, and held his own with everyone else. And that was a common theme whenever someone, like, mentioned or talked to him or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so. Like, uh, so How do you overcome that? Or thanks for your service. Yeah. On overcoming that. Yeah. It yeah. was pretty cool. For all those reasons, I really liked Sousa. I really, I really thought his character was Can was I give awesome. an honorable mention? Okay. To uh, Dottie because that <laughs> yeah. girl is awesome. Okay. I was let me just gush a little bit. Uh any Legend of the Seeker fans, shout outs to you guys. Mm-hmm. Totally awesome. Bridget Regan's back and she's blonde. So I was like, why does the girl look familiar though? Um yeah, Dottie's just super crazy, dude. I thought she was hilarious. Just the way she just um 
There was a point where in the last well, fight scene officer? with her. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny that she can just flip that switch on. Even yeah. when, like. <laughs> what did she say? It was something ridiculous. Um, uh, when the officer pulled him over. Um, oh. Um, oh. Oh, I can sometimes be a silly goose. Yeah, silly yeah, goose. Yeah, yeah. I'm just a. I, 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 I ran through a red light. I'm just the silliest goose. <laughs> so good. And just even at the end, she's just trying so hard to like lie really well that it's like, Peggy, isn't this crazy? Like, what's going on? She's like shooting at her. And I'm just like, dude, just drop it. You already kicked the gun like out of her hand. Like, I think she knows that you're bad and you're not just some regular old girl. And it's, it's, it's super funny just seeing her act like just complete 180 you know I, and just pull it out all that all i thought that stuff. was cool though because it just it just kind of maintained that she's she's freaking crazy oh, and, and she can do that anytime she could either flip it or she can stay that kind of like chippity character mm-hmm. but then like try to kill you at the same time i thought that was really cool that's so. what i like to see in a woman you know <laughs> always be on my toes about that <laughs> Nice, nice. Shout outs to crazy girls? <laughs> question mark? I don't know. Um, all right. But yeah, so. she was awesome. Wanted to mention that. Nice, yeah, she's nice. fun. Good, cool. good villain. So, yeah, we're we're definitely bummed that Agent Carter's gone. But um, like no you said. Sadness. Uh, I know. No, no sadness. sadness. We hashtag. wanted to come back. What was the hashtag again, Amy? Shake it off. What? Uh, this is not the end. This, this is, is not, not the, the end. end. Remember, that's the hashtag. All right. So um, we're going to wrap things up by uh, doing our quick roundtable of classic movie TV picks. And uh, Lauren, we'll start with you. So this is TV or movie or TV and movie? TV or movie. Or movie. TV we say or classic movie. movie picks. It can be anything that like any motion picture, I guess. If you have like a flip book you made in third grade that you really <laughs> like, it could be that. We're not okay. really picky. <laughs> um, in light of the passing on of Leonard Nimoy, I'm going to say Star Trek. And specifically Star Trek The Next Generation. Star Trek The Next Generation is a show that I grew up with. I watched every episode growing up. Um, It premiered when I was like two. So I don't have memories of those first couple seasons. Um, I think my first like really strong impression memory of watching that show was the cliffhanger. It was the season finale of season three, which is Chain of Command. I think it's Chain of Command part one which is the encounter with the Borg. Oh, okay. And like the last scene, you know, like Captain Picard has been kidnapped and he's on the Borg ship and, you know, Commander Riker has to decide if he's, if he's going to blow up the ship. And like the last line of that episode is fire. And then it goes black and it says to be continued. (laughs) And then you have to wait three months to figure out what happens. (laughs) So I would definitely recommend Star Trek The Next Generation for anybody who's listening. If you've never seen it, it's all on Netflix. It is a fantastic show. Please, please, please take some time to watch it. That's my recommendation. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, So, uh, Amy, you're up next. Uh, So I know I've been trying to do you know, like currently running shows, but in, which is, you know, just kind of my thing, but in all, actually, you know what? No, I am. I'm going to do a currently running show. So what everybody needs to watch is how to get away with murder. Okay. You guys like the need to check it out. Person. Say that. <laughs> Gotta watch it. It's, um, it's, you're either going to like it or you don't. So he, the general premise is that, uh, it is, firm and it's from the point of view of a defense attorney which is different than what we usually see we usually see the prosecution you know charging someone with rape or murder and now we're on the other side 
where we are um, watching the lawyer who's defending the person for murder or defending the person for rape or defending the person for assault. And a lot of times the person point blank says, I did it. And so watching it, there's a whole ethical dilemma that you go through watching it. You're going, I really don't like the fact that she's defending this person. She doesn't like the fact that she's defending this person. But so the show's great in that aspect. Um, I like the way that they, the way they film it is that she's actually teaching basically a defense 101 kind of class. And she calls the class how to get away with murder because she goes through all her defense strategies and she chooses uh, five students to work with her. And so they do some cases. So you follow the case. There's a new case each episode. So you've got that procedural aspect but at the same time you've also got a murder that's been going on in the community and uh, a couple more murders and somehow the kids are involved and somehow she's involved and it's her husband's involved and who did it and what and uh, the finale the two season two part season finale was last night and I actually have not seen it I've seen the first half but I haven't seen the last hour so I'm literally like I need to watch the last hour but then I have to go to work and stuff so like eh. (laughs) that's kind of important Uh, but (laughs) It's it's a pretty good show. You have to be able to handle it. There's there's something it's kind of very you know, like Orange is the New Black, Breaking Bad, those kind of shows that delve into worlds that maybe you don't necessarily want to know more about. Like I started Orange is the New Black and I stopped because it was just for me it was almost too real. I'm like I don't I'm I'm done. I don't need to know more about this. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in learning about this world. It's kind of the same thing with this show. But it's a Shonda Rhimes show. It's really well done. There's a lot of sex, so if you're if sex weirds you out, don't watch it. Um, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not kidding. It's 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 there's a lot that goes on, and you sit there and you're like, it's, oh my god, I've is this actually it. what happens it's in one real of, life? It's one of the craziest shows I've ever seen in my entire life, and it is right it's up there freaking- with with Orange Is the New Black and Breaking Bad because you're oh. like, oh my god, did I really just watch that this on happening? ABC? on a thursday yeah. night oh, like it's kind wow. of like scandal too it's okay. in, it's really but intense. less political it's yeah. pretty intense so you'll you'll know within a few episodes you'll know by the pilot really if you want to stick with it but give it a shot it's on hulu right now it's not on netflix i think even on hulu plus you can actually watch it right now but it you know if it comes out a little bit later on netflix wait um, wait 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 give it a- wait, wait 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 it's on it's on hulu but even with hulu plus you can't watch it uh, watch they the like whole tease, they like Hulu Plus. It's on Hulu Plus. It's on Hulu Plus. It's just the last the whole five episodes. Oh, so yeah, so oh, you can't oh, restart God. it. Okay. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, check it out. It's it's one of those shows, like, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a recommendation of mine, but you should check it out just because everybody's talking about it and it is very good. And I get home on, on Thursday nights after work at like 11 o'clock. And pour a glass of wine and watch how to get away with murder. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, awesome. Thank you. All right, so uh, Casey, I'll keep it quick because we are way, way over time. But that's cool. Way over time. Uh, all right, so Leonard Nimoy had a couple of different appearances, guest appearances on The Simpsons. I think one in 1993 and one in 1997. I don't think I know because it's right in front of me. But uh, definitely, uh, definitely watch. Let's see. There's one. The first one he did in 1993 is Marge versus the Monorail. Uh, yeah, and the second one is the X Files crossover. Yeah, uh, called the Springfield Files. Uh, oh, nice. All of the Simpsons are on Hulu, I believe. Yeah. So if you have Hulu, go watch it. Awesome. And it's on FXX like all the time. They yeah, have like two-hour blocks is. of those. Yeah, and I'm sure they'll have some kind of monument to him. Uh, every every everywhere we're fine. Simpsons episodes are definitely. Sold, so. Yeah. All right, uh, Matt and uh, me. I am picking a show from New Zealand. 
that's my New Zealand accent. <laughs> I don't know if I nailed it or not. Uh, it's called Short Poppies. Short Poppies. It's uh, starring uh, Rise Darby. He's a comedian. You might know him if you know um, Flight of the Concords. He's their oh, yeah. uh, man, their their band manager who always calling roll. Um, it's a fun show. It's really short. It's like uh, eight episodes, I think. And uh, he plays. Um, it's a it's a mockumentary about um, this journalist. He he tries to find like the ordinary people in a small town, and uh, Rise Darby's plays the um, the person that he interviews uh, in every single episode. So it's man or a woman or a guy who's like. Um, uh, he's in the whale watching business, an unsuccessful whale watching business, or um, a guy that is chasing UFOs. So it's really fun seeing him dive into all these different characters, and he has actually a very distinct voice for all the different characters. So it's uh, it's it's really fun to see uh, Rise Darby really just um, be the g- very awesome character actor that he is. Um, and he, um, let me just give you two words to watch this, sh- um, or one phrase to watch this show: uh, Carl Urban in a mesh shirt. I'll just leave you with wow. that. Wow. All right. I'm sold. I'll just leave you sold. with that. Sold. Yep. We're all watching that tonight. <laughs> and it's really short. You had me at Carl Urban. Carl Urban in a mesh shirt. It's hilarious. Um, yeah. A lot of guest stars that you're like, oh, I didn't know they're from New Zealand. So that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. It's, I think it, they're only like a 20 minute one. Oh, no. Sorry. I think, yeah, they're, they're, they're 40 minute episodes. Uh, it's on Netflix. Check it out. Whole first season. Hopefully they renew it because it's really, really funny. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Shark poppies. All called. right. So uh, make it make it quick, quick with mine. Uh, Star Trek Rathacon. Rathacon. Hey, because, hey, of, because of Leonard Nimoy. Nice. That's all I want to say. Um, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's like probably the it's well it's the most iconic Star Trek. Movie. Yeah, it, it definitely is. It's my favorite Star Trek. You don't have any nerd time. cred if you haven't watched at least Khan. <laughs> yeah. I, I've would watched Khan. Would you say Wrath of Khan and the search for Spock just to kind of round out that story? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Um <laughs> Star Trek 2 and Star Trek 3, um, like Lauren said, the uh, search for Spock, because it does wrap up that whole story, and yeah. we do get Spock. A little different, because he's, he's um, resurrected, but uh, it does it does uh, tie up very nicely with all the characters, too, and... And, um, and the whole crew. And the whole yeah. crew. Um, I mean, I think at that time, too, if you... I think if you look at it as well, you probably... It probably could have ended the Star Trek movies then, and it would have been okay, mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that it's... Don't get... No, don't shit talk on 4. 4 no, has, no, 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 no. 4 I was love good. 4. I love 4. And I'm just, people, moments. I'm just saying, like, if four, they decided at like that four. time to, like, cut it off, like, um, it would have been a nice, like... It would have been. been nice. Yeah. But, um... But, <laughs> oh, my God. I just looked up Short Poppies on Netflix. Yeah. It's... <laughs> okay, anyone who has seen Yes Man... Rise Darby is the bank teller that Jim Carrey yeah, works with in Yes right. Man. Next up, stop to Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh, okay, I'm okay. so gonna watch this that. show. <laughs> yeah, watch it now. It it was Thank arguably the reason the why it was arguably it was the reason why I didn't watch Twelve Monkeys. I'm sorry. I'll start it tonight. <laughs> but I found this and I'm like, I gotta talk about this tomorrow. I haven't called so Twelve Monkeys either. It's okay. Okay, yeah. That's okay. Oh, That's okay. I gotta watch it. It's on sci fi. I love that. Um all right, so that is going to wrap things up for now. Um, we're going to uh, end the show by saying thank you for listening, uh, as always. Uh, Lauren, let everyone know where they can find you. 
Yes, if you guys would like to tweet me, I'm on Twitter a lot. Um, my name is <laughs> at Lauren underscore Galloway. I also run Fantastic TV, and we regularly recap Gotham, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Better Call Saul. Um, I produced the Assembly of Geeks podcast, which was the podcast that was hosting Peggy Carter, and we're on iTunes, Twitter. We have a website, assemblyofgeeks.com, and that is a weekly geek kind of chat show similar to this we talk about things that are relevant to the nerd community um and then i also write for the ew community which is a great site for tv shows that don't get a lot of coverage elsewhere um you know if you like to watch i don't know what's a good example well 12 monkeys we're currently recapping 12 monkeys girlfriend's guide to divorce mom just kind of you know shows that don't get a lot of coverage so that's community.ew.com and yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Uh, Amy, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy underscore Marie 97. Uh, I don't shut up as obvious <laughs> by this podcast. Um, you can also, <laughs> you can also listen to the last Peggy Carter podcast that Lauren and I did on assembly of Uh, I also host the assembly of geeks podcast and Lauren and I also guested on the flash podcast this week we kind of had like a ladies hosted podcast that was super fun uh lauren and i have just been you know rocking the nerd airwaves this week we we sat down we're like we're doing like three podcasts together this week oh my gosh (laughs) like this is awesome um yeah that's so that's that's it uh be aware that if you follow me on twitter i do tweet a lot and so i apologize um I warned you now. I will not be offended. It's the internet. (laughs) I I, I used to get like super offended when people unfollowed me, and now I'm like, nah, I talk a lot. I get it. I do that too. I'm like, ah, that's probably about right. (laughs) They probably don't need to be following me. Awesome. All right, um, Casey. They know where to find me. They can find me at Twitter via blast. You got it. Fucking my first and last name, (laughs) Facey Cranko. Just mix the first on Instagram. Facey Cranko. Yep. Uh, You know the drill. (laughs) Uh, Matt, where can they find you? You Find me on Twitter at I'm Salzy. I M S A L Z Y. And you can find me at Pacing Pete on Twitter. You can find our Twitter at Cena Nerd. Facebook, uh, you can find us. If you want to email us, uh, send us your thoughts. Tell us what you would think of the show. Uh, Cenanerd at gmail.com. Check out our MySpace page. Yeah. we you have a MySpace us, page? Shoot us we, an insta, instant message on AIM. We, Got a friendster. We, we totally don't have MySpace. Hey, do you guys have like a live journal and like a <laughs> Zanga too? Uh, definitely got the Zanga going. I've got especially a, after last night's or uh, last Agent Carter. Oh, man. I've got a fanfic in production. I think that counts. <laughs> All of our, uh, what's it called? Uh, um, uh, uh, never mind. Genitals is the word you're thinking. Oh, okay, of. yeah, that is what I was thinking of. Your genitals. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. Cavill, calm uh, down. Where are you? All right, so uh, that is gonna that is gonna do. I think that's the side. That's the done. We're done now. All right. Uh, well, have a good one, and we will see you next week. Bye, 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 bye. Facebook. There you go, and then that one. Thanks for listening to Scene and Nerd. Find even more geeky podcasts on geekspeaknetwork.net. How is that? Everybody? How's everybody sound right now? Everybody coming clear? Yeah. I hear everyone great. Lauren, Amy, how's that? How are we coming into you guys? Clear. Sounds good. This is all me right. talking. Uh, one, two, so three. Hey, hey, hey. All right. We're so talking at the same time. All of us talking at the same time. Here we go. Oh, excited. So Red Bull, caffeine. It definitely works. All right, here we go. <laughs> so unhelpful.